Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody. We are here on Stars of PR, and we are covering the Open Borders Summer Concert Series that is off the hook with what the LA Times called the most eclectic music festival in the Southland, and with me today is Eli from Grouch and Eli. Good morning, Eli, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Am I, is it, like, really hard for you to be awake at 7 o'clock? Um, it's actually not that hard. I kind of wake up pretty early, but I did go to sleep late last night, so it was a little hard, but I'm glad to be here, though. Well, we'll have sleepy Eli, then. <laughs> it's it's all cool. Has sleepy Eli, a self-described genre-breaking obsessive bass theme. Do you know that that's what they have written on your bio? No, I didn't. I know that that's on my Twitter, but I didn't know that was written. See, you else. never know what your people are writing about you. That's the thing. Okay, they want to make it really, really appealing to your fan base and stuff like that. But then they also have to make it appealing to the people who are playing your sounds and all of that yeah. stuff. So they come up with things like Eli, a self-described genre-breaking obsessive bass fiend. And then you, you know, the performer, the talent's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I actually made that up for Twitter. I was like <laughs> thinking of some way to say something simple and make it sound good, and I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, and then there's more, has continued to sustain himself as a salient figure over 15 years with the increasingly fickle and rapidly revolving world of hip-hop. So there oh you go. God. What an wow. intro. <laughs> couldn't have written it better yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, especially since one of those words, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> well, it really looks real good, and I, and I know that you have a lot going on in your life, and... Um, God, Living Legends is, you know, has become ubiquitous to people who love hip-hop, but also people in the mainstream world. I mean, are you blown away sometimes that, you know, I mean, you're pretty, you don't want to be mainstream, but mainstream people love you and and really like your sound. Well, that's awesome because, I mean, mainstream is just a label, you know, underground, unsigned artists are just one part of music in general so to me it's not there's no real lines that um are really drawn to me i just think even though i did say genre breaker i guess i'm more talking about you know like mixing folk with hip-hop and putting things together that maybe shouldn't be together or people think shouldn't be together so yeah it is cool that people on quote-unquote mainstream would like what we do 
No, it is. Well, listen, at the end of the day, you know, you want to sell sound. I mean, you know, you want to be true to your art, but, you know, the whole, you know, formula for doing what your fans want and reaching people that like you is connecting to a lot of people, and you seem to do that. I, um, I, I really applaud you. I have a really great story about you guys, and this is personal, okay? I mean, I've grown up in the entertainment business, so I, I know music and stuff, but um, I really didn't know the Grouch and Eli. I mean, I knew it vaguely from Living Legends in the background. So yeah. I started in San Francisco, and I go to Amoeba Records, right? And, you know, Amoeba's like the bastion of old record stores. They don't really make those like Amoeba, and, you know, God save it. They can't ever, like, take that away, right? Right. Okay, so, um, you know, I'm in there, and I'm sampling new sounds, okay? This is like two, three summers ago, all right? And, um, you know, you're supposed to, like, not really be into who am I looking for, but sampling sounds and then picking up CDs. And Grouch and Eli was one of those CDs. Yeah. So, you know, it's a sound that resonates with people who love music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So you have um, your album, Great Crow. Did it, it came out, yes, it's available now? Oh, yeah, Great Crow um, came out in November, and it's honestly been the biggest, the best, uh, I don't know, the best all-around thing that I've put out that um, has been received the best and got the most positive feedback about, and it is definitely out there. And this yeah. is, it's all you, right? I mean, you did it yeah, much yeah. solo. It is all me, um, you know, because I've always done that, um, produced, written, you know, artwork, everything is always me. Um, I guess on this one, the artwork was not all me. It was more like my idea, and then I translated it to another person who made it come to life. But as far as the music goes, yeah, it's real personal album, and it's, talks a lot about what I've been through in the last five or so years with, you know, getting clean and um, my and recovery and everything like that yeah. involved in the music. So it's touched people in a whole different way. Uh, no, I know that you are, you know, you're, you're talking about that a lot. And you, yeah. you know, your music really touches a lot of people with that. I'm sure that you had a lot to talk about when Grey Crow was first released. Oh, yeah. You know? um, again, it's, it's really kind of the thing that, you know, is going to resonate and touch all different kinds of yeah. um, fans. But, you know, it, it's the kind of thing that the press, you know, you give the press a story. You know, yeah, and yeah. it makes you kind of break through the clutter. Now, you're working on a project with your mom, too. You want to talk about that? Uh, I actually, yeah, I have an album with my mom called On Sacred Ground. Um, and that was where that genre-breaking, you know, label came from because, you know, my mom is a folk singer, and her and I got together and decided let's make a whole album together because I've, I've had her on... Um, multiple albums, just like a song here, a song there. She's been on Living Legends albums. She's been on G&E albums, just here and there. And then finally we just got together and made this whole album. And it's, it's it, it just seems like, you know, folk and hip-hop should not work. But 
I thought it in my head. I was like, it will work. And I smashed it all together. You know, half the songs that I'm producing the whole thing and half the songs that are pure acoustic folk songs. And it's a really special album. And it's really got floated under the radar. A lot of people will know about it, but a lot of people don't. And that album really hit people in a different way. Because I'll bet. it hit the soft spot. Like, you know, you did a album with your mom, and like, people are just, you know, tripping well, over that. Who did? You know what? Nobody, I don't think anybody in the genre has ever done it before. Can you think of anybody historically that may have? No, I think I was the first. I could throw down the flag on that one. And that's yeah. why I think it, it tripped people out as far as, like, hip-hop goes. A badass hip-hop boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Drop CD <clears throat> mom, right? I mean, it's kind of, like, really nice. Okay, you have Snoop doing his reality show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a little different. No, I think this is really cool. So I, I want to ask you, and um, it's okay if you don't know the right answer, but I'm curious. Do you know what you're coming into with Open Borders? Do you know, like, the history and everything? Because it's really kind of a wild thing that's going on here in the Thousand Oaks, California area. Yeah, I just literally, honestly, I just read the email that explained the whole thing, and it was, I was like, wow, I, I really had no idea. I thought, because, you know, I get told I have a show on the 6th. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Like, you, you see, you read your own website, right? Oh, I'm doing a tour day. <laughs> oh, I get, I get a little bit uh, better information. I mean, closer from my manager or whatever, but he did send that to me, and I read it, and it's, Sounds really awesome, number one. Well, it's just so, um, it's, what it is, it's unexpected. So I'll give you, now I could give you an introduction to it because I, I've had this radio show for seven years, so, but I also, you know, do promo and marketing and stuff, so they brought me in to help them do that. And yeah. they did it in a very short period of time. And basically, yeah. I, it's just, you know, borders went bankrupt like a lot of other institutions, and mm-hmm. there's this awesome space that was the Borders Bookstore in Thousand Oaks. I mean, really, really awesome, 40,000 square feet. I mean, you know, people used to take their kids there, and the kids used to play in what they call the space carpet area, which you'll see when you get to the venue. And, um, and what happened was is, you know, the landlord had this empty space. I mean, it's not his fault that Borders went bankrupt, right? So he's gotten he's got new tenants coming in, Ventura County Health Department or something like that in September. So he's like thinking, what can I do, you know, so I don't waste the space, all right? Because Larry Jans is a really really cool guy, and his name is on a lot of stuff in LA. His family developed a lot of Los Angeles and Thousand Oaks and all that kind of stuff. And he's involved with this charity called Regenerate, and Regenerate really focuses and you know, um, shares funds and, you know, all of that kind of stuff for teen suicide awareness. So drug issues are a part of it. Drinking and driving issues are a part of it. Teen suicide lines are a part of it, helplines. And um, so everything this guy's doing, you know, everybody, everything that he's paying out and all of this kind of stuff is really not for profit. It's really for charity. And, I, you know, that's pretty amazing to you know, just kind of dedicate an arts arena, all right, for the summer to raise money and awareness for this teen teen suicide issue. So that's what you're doing, Eli. Yeah, that makes me feel good. Anything where um, I contribute to helping a cause like that, I'm all for it. And, I, you know, I think that it'll be a very eclectic mix of people. The other thing that's really funny about it, just like your music, he didn't give. He purposefully 
went all over the map in terms yeah. of the acts that he's bringing in. I mean, you know, I've got you on this segment, and I've got your old friend Scarab on the next segment, yeah. which you have to tell me what to ask him because you know, there's more information available about you than there is about him. <laughs> Oh, you can ask him anything. He's a he's a good conversationalist. Oh, good, good. Thank you for thank you for helping me with that. I feel better now. Um, but anyway, then Pat Longo is coming on, and he's like one of those Hollywood big band guys. Okay. Um, so, I'm I'm actually looking at the list right now. What's funny is the first one I see is. Fritz Coleman, the weatherman from Channel Four. You believe it? I mean, he opened it up, man. <laughs> All right, so listen, I, I have a. I, love, I mean, I grew up watching that news show. Like, even when the big earthquakes happened and everything, I saw them on TV while the earthquakes happened, being a kid and everything. And oh. um, it's funny. And then I see Jefferson Starship. I'm like, what? And then I see Elzo Motley, who's my boy. A lot of my friends are in that group. Right? So, I mean, so, you should. Well, if I know when you're in town, you should come and chill and hang out with your friends backstage. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, Thousand Oaks is around the corner. So, it, 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 Well, there you go. Listen, I just got a newsflash. Your man, Eamon, just called, and he said <coughs> that Scarab is nowhere to be found. So you might have to do another segment. You think you could handle it? Let's do it, man. I got my green tea. I'm ready. I mean, oh. can you believe it? Like, he can't be found. What is he doing? Is he sleeping? I mean, he has to do a radio show. Well, the man has two kids, so he's got Well, you know, little... that could be a distraction. Yeah, he's got a little baby boy, and the little baby boy has no, you know, he's not going to say, okay, Dad, I'm going to go to sleep so you can wake up early. He'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that you're covering for him. We were, Eamon and I were talking about whether we should put the two of you on the show together because of the Living Legends connection and all of that kind of stuff, but then we kind of talked about that we wanted you each to talk about your own stuff, too, but now yeah. it looks like if he doesn't... If he doesn't show up, you could have, like, the whole Eli 10 minutes in the next segment after our commercial break. So you better think uh, about what you want to say. Oh, I got stuff to talk about. We didn't even get to what I really want to talk about. So Well, good. I'm I'll here. shut my mouth, and then you could do a monologue. <laughs> a monologue. <laughs> you tell me when to go, and I'll go. Well, we have uh, a couple of more minutes till break, and um, that, yeah, we're going back to open borders. I mean, it's going to be really, really fun. It's going to be fun and cool. You know that um, Merz is playing on another night. Yeah, we got all my brothers playing there. Man. I mean, it's kind of like okay, so that's the that's the hip hop part of the genre. But yeah, you were talking about Jefferson Starship, and that's kind of wild. There's two original people that are going to be playing, and I hear that they're. Pretty good. And then we've got, like, the Jewish folk jazz people called the Klezmatics. I mean, we're all over the place. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's awesome. It's so funny. And you live in the area? You go back and forth between the no, Bay Area and I've here? No, li I lived in uh, Northridge for a while. So, it's you know, that's still, like, a little bit down the 101. But, I mean, to compare to me traveling around to do shows, Thousand Oaks is around the corner. So. Well, you gotta come, and I'll I'll give you a pass, you know. So you could come with your, you know, your hoodie on, and you know, chill, and you know, just <laughs> kind of like walk in and be in the background. Well, listen, we're gonna take one commercial break. I appreciate you staying on the air on behalf of your friend Scarab, and don't go away, listeners. Come right back. We'll have more with Eli from the Grouch and Eli and Living Legends in just one minute. News. 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 News.
Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're talking about the Open Borders Music Festival, which is taking place all summer long, and the Grouch and the Eli. The Grouch and the Eli. I'm making up a new name. The Grouch and uh, Eli. <laughs> they will be performing on the 6th, right? On July 6th? Yes. If I got it right, and um, you got to come down. It's all for a cause. It all goes to regenerate films, but this is a nice, intimate opportunity to engage in the Grouch and Eli's music, and um, you should go on to www.openborders2011.com now and secure your tickets, and the venue is tight, and the venue is intimate, and... um, there's 500 seats, but, you know, there's like 250 places for standing room only and have a good time because it's really, it's, it's really happening over there. So listen, Eli, tell, tell me your life story. What do you want to talk about? I my life story. Well, you know what I wanted to talk about is what I am working on now and what I'm almost finished with now, actually. Um, which is a new album, which is called Therapy at Three. And having the word therapy in the title is um, very self-explanatory because this album literally is and was and is still therapy for me, making it. Um, And the cool thing about this album is that it's a collaborative effort with my friend and producer, Amp Live, um, who's from the... Zion I crew and you know Rouches also works with Zion I and, and has two albums with them um, and needless to say you know I produce I produce almost every album I do so having working with someone else producing it and mean only have to concentrate on writing was excellent for me because um, I really got to just spill my guts and we, when we got together and said, let's do this project together, I wanted it to be as free as possible. I didn't want to uh, sit and, like, map out what songs are what, 
structure of the songs that it was going to be and what topics I was going to address and all this. I was like, you put on the beat. If I like it, I'm going to start writing and just go. And it's going to have no direction. It's just going to float and go wherever it wants to go. And that's exactly what we did. And this guy is so sick with the beats that I just go over there and he's like, all right, I got this one I made yesterday. And he puts it on and I like it instantly. Like, that doesn't happen for me. I'm very snobby when it comes to beats because I produce my own stuff. So, you know, I knew that it would be like that with him. I just know and respect his um, his, his producing so much that it was just, it's just been simple, man. It's been so easy. And, um, you know, I've gone through some crappy relationship stuff and hard stuff, like, over the last year and a half. So a lot of that came out, and then, you know, I wanted to do something that's never been done, which is turn, make an album that is really, like, an hour or, you know, an hour-long meditation. And um, a meditation that you don't even know you're in when you're listening to it. So you put it on, and by the end, you're like, damn, I feel good. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I mean, this music's good, but I just feel good, you know. I'm trying to contribute something to the universe and to the people that listen to me. I want to make people feel good. I want to help change people, um, whether it's just planting a thought in their head that, you know, things could be better for them. That's what I want to do, so... Well, you're doing it. You're doing it. It sounds like, you know, you're, well, you're touching people because you've gone through a lot of stuff and you're going through a lot of stuff and you want to be real. And, um, you know, it's, um, I think that's great. When is that album coming out? We are shooting for October. Well, you keep your fingers crossed, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, I I hate all that stuff, honestly, like figuring out when is it going to come out and what are we going to do to promote it and all this kind of talk. That's what you got to do when you're independent, literally, and you're, like, doing it yourself. you got to have all those discussions. But all I want to do is just make the music. But honestly, I'm, super, I'm you know, I'm truly independent. I don't, got, I don't have a big bank or a guy or some, you know, guy in the background with a big bank, like, funding me and, and, and giving me a little machine to work with. It's, it's me. It's me. It's Eamon, you know, who you just mentioned. Yeah, and, and he's uh, he's really he's cool. He's he's such a great. He is on it. He's got your he's got your shit covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely awesome. He started off as you know just a fan and of someone who loved what we do, who wanted to help, and into the main dude that really is the only reliable person I have. Well, no, I mean, so listen, it's good because you could concentrate on your art. You know, and you could just like concentrate on your music and the sound yeah. and the words and what you want to do to touch people. And then all you have to do is listen to people like Eamon when they're setting up your marketing and promotion stuff. And, right, right. You know, listen, it's, it's a very, the world has become very different from even when you started doing music because that was back in 1992, you know, I guess you were maybe doing things before then, but. In terms no, of not that long. Well, I, in 93 or 4, I guess I was... No, you're right. 92, that was like 14, and that's when we recorded our first song. So you're yeah, right. See? I, I told you, I do my homework, man, and you got the information out there, so I it was easy to read. Now listen, but even though, you know, that wasn't... 
so terribly long ago. I mean, we're not talking ancient history. It wasn't a world yet where we had Twitter, and it wasn't a world yet where we had Facebook, okay? I mean, the first thing that came about was MySpace, you know, and, you know, then everything just kind of exploded. So selling music and sharing music is such a different, a very, very different experience. I mean, it used to be Napster and downloading sound, but now it's like sharing, yeah, and yeah. individuals virally sharing stuff with one another so fast and so accessibly and so rapidly. It's just kind of crazy. So it gives um, an independent artist like yourself um, mass marketing platforms. It's true. That's very true. Very That's different. A good it, very good way to look at it, positive way to look at it. So it's like you've got, you know, I and you have it tight. I looked at, I'm looking at, the you know the Google setup and the web marketing of the thirty plus artists that I'm working with this summer, right? So I'm getting to see a lot about how people are adapting to you know this you know social media marketing music era, and you know you have it down and categorized, and there's a you know there's a Google listing for everything that you want to have. You know, for people to check into Eli this, Eli that, Eli bio. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Eli Gray Crew. You know, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's it's very very easy. So you keep on doing that, and it's very it's much easier than you might think. You don't have to worry so much about whether MTV is going to play you or not. I mean, of course, that's always like a bonus, and you embrace it, and you're thankful right. for that. But it's not the only thing that's out there to get your sound out. Right. I, you know, I was just having, like, a, a moment. I don't know what brought it in my head. I guess, oh, I know what it was. I was listening to some of these mixes. Like, we're really, some of these songs are really starting to be at their end stages where we're just adding little details, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, man, these songs are good, and I was just super happy because making the music is what I love to do. I swear, it's why I'm here. I'm supposed to be making this music because that just it fills me. It fills me up when I make these songs. Um, all the other stuff that you're talking about, all the you know, making money side of everything, and and trying to get you know maybe get a video played on MTV or whatever. All that stuff is just the other end of it it's the part of uh making a living off what i love but i could care less if it's on mtv although like you said if it was that's just an opportunity for me to get into more people's heads and show people that there's this other music out there that you don't even know about especially the youngsters who all they get to hear is what's on you know on mainstream radio and, and stuff like that and that's sad but at the same time you know, I like I like to take positives out of everything, and there's good aspects to even junk music, which I call it. <laughs> Package. But, Package garbage. <laughs> yeah, processed music. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I mean, that's why people really appreciate underground sound or whatever you want to classify it as, things that are not quite, you know, yeah, so right. commercial-ready. Um, and selling to the man, and you know your music really um, goes very, very much beyond that. And um, it's 
it's so cool that you get to share some of your life pain and your life lessons and your life stories and, you know, doing stuff with your mom and, you know, all the, you know, doing solo, working with other people. I mean, you have such a history. Um, you know, before I let you go, and we have a couple more minutes. Like, talk about how Living Legends came together really quickly because that's what a lot of my listeners really know and yeah. can relate to. Well, I mean, uh, we go back to my friend Scarab, who couldn't make it this morning. Scarab, who's my oldest friend, I met him, I don't know, we were seventh grade, and I was just starting to rap like, I would have rapped in my bedroom and recorded on my little tape recorder, and nobody would hear it. I would never rap out loud. But when Scarab got on my bus one day, I was like, who's this kid? You know what I mean? And... and Ended up he rapped too, and we started rapping together, and and that's where the seed was really planted for me, you know, as far as rapping. And then we met Merce in high school, and we started a group, and you know, on and on. It's so it's such a weird, complicated kind of story because we all met each other. Merce met Mystic Journeyman while he was living in Santa Cruz at one point, and I met Grouch and Mystic Journeyman on my own in, in, you know, living in the Bay Area after they had already met Merce and I didn't know they knew Merce. It was just weird. It was like all meant to be. So as far as uh, me meeting the Grouch goes, it, it just happened to be that um, one of Grouch's good friends at the time was dating my cousin. So, like, they were having some kind of party and this guy Grouch shows up and he's like, rapping at the party and I'm like who is, who is this guy like who does he think he is you know what I mean it was it was kind of like and he thought the same thing and we were like trading each other's tapes like I had a tape of stuff I had and he had like a real album to me it was a real album that was an actual tape cover and everything I was like cool and I listened to his album and I actually just like this guy is really dope I like this guy a lot and um Grouch actually was a uh, took me in, so to speak, him and his mom allowed me to come live with him because I was really couch surfing when I was 17. Um, and um, that's kind of where it all started, like living in Grouch's basement. I ended up working on my first album as they passed and made it on a four track. And he taught me how to use ASR-10, which is an old, old school kind of sampling keyboard. And, you know, in that basement is where the first Living Legends songs were formulated, even though we didn't know we were calling ourselves Living Legends. We were just friends making music in the basement. So you really were Living Legends because there you are, right? Yeah. I Listen, um, we have to end, but I have to tell you, Eli, it was such a pleasure having you on. Um, really, really, you know, I want people to go out, and I want them to definitely buy, you know, Grey Crow, um, yeah. you know, and I want them to look for your new album. Is and is there there's a name for it? You said before. Yeah, it's therapy. Therapy at three, as in like three o'clock or the number three. Well, listen, people will definitely remember that, and we wish you the best of luck. And again, I want to thank you for doing Open Borders because you're not just performing; you're doing a public service, and I know that you really like that. So it's been yeah. cool having you, and I'll talk to you real soon. Yes, thank you for having me. Okay, stay tuned right now for Pat Longo, who will be coming on, and um, Pat Longo's Hollywood Big Band. Stay tuned. Don't go away. 
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we are talking about Open Borders, which is the Summer Festival Concert Series that's taking place through August 7th at the Old Borders Bookstore in Thousand Oaks, California. Lots of acts, very diverse, and right now we have one of them who is performing this Saturday night, and that's Pat Longo from Pat Longo's Hollywood Big Band. Welcome, Pat. Well, good morning, Cindy. How are you today? I'm very, very well, thank you. Are you excited to come and visit Thousand Oaks this weekend? Uh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, I, I think it's uh, we're performing uh, with uh, uh, Brad Garrett. Uh, it's Sunday, uh, the 26th, uh, Cindy. Oh, okay. I'm getting my. Am I getting my days mixed up again? What's today's date? I don't. Even... I don't know what day is it. You got me <laughs> up so early, Cindy. I don't know where I am. <laughs> hey, listen. If I could have a hip hop guy come on before you, okay? <laughs> something. <laughs> I mean, that's like really saying something. I mean, I've got a rapper, okay, that yeah. came on for the first segment. You wow. know, you can't you can't be complaining, right? <laughs> no, you can't, Cindy. You can't. I uh, know. Well, listen. Um, I we're very very excited to have you. Um, you have a lot of history, Pat. I mean, why don't you talk a little bit about when Pat Longo's Hollywood Big Band came together so that well, my listeners uh, can have a context before we talk a little more. All right, Cindy. Uh, well, um, after I left the Marine Corps, uh, I was discharged. Uh, I came to California, originally from New Jersey, and uh, as if you can't tell with the accent, I know. See, I lost my accent, but you still have yours, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't want to leave me. Anyway, I came to California to go to a music school, which was Westlake College of Music at that time. And uh, I, I came to California with about $200 in my pocket, and I uh, got a room, uh, $7 a week, so I had to get a job. So I saw this ad for uh, 
um, uh, a mail messenger uh, at a bank, Union Bank, down in Ethan Hill, Los Angeles. So uh, I applied for it and got the job. Well, I stayed there 14 years. I ended up as assistant vice president of loans, and but I always played. I always played my. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so you were a banker. I was a banker. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just I LA and you became a banker. I was a banker for about 14, well, 14 years with Union Bank. Then I went with a bank in Beverly Hills. But then I decided to go legitimate and get back into the music business full time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, not like those banker people. Right. Who right. might not be legitimate, particularly after, you know, Madoff and Ponzi schemes and all of that kind of I know. Isn't that something? But anyway, uh, it, it turned out well. And um, uh, I finally, I was working with uh, uh, the Jimmy Dorsey Orchestra, which was under the direction of uh, Lee Castle at that time. And uh, Jimmy had passed away. And one day I get a call from uh, Frank Peewee Monty, who was uh, uh, Harry James's manager for uh, oh, over 30 years. And uh, they were playing at uh, Carnation Gardens in uh, Disneyland. <clears throat> they had a problem with uh, their alto sax player. So uh, Frank Peewee called me. He says, uh, Pat, what are you doing tomorrow night? I says, uh, nothing. Um, and so he says, listen, uh, we need an alto player. I don't ga- guarantee anything, he said, but... Uh, this is it. Well, blah 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 blah. So I showed up, played the first set. Of course, Harry standing in front of me for the whole first set, forty-five minutes. But I wasn't nervous, for so I just just played, you know, played my horn. And uh, after the break, I was talking to some of the musicians, and Harry walks by. He says, "Sounds good, kid." I said, "Oh, thank you, Harry." And when we got back on the stand, Peter comes over to me and he says, uh, "Harry, I'd like you to join the band." Boom. Next thing I knew, we were in uh, Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. So I spent about uh, just a little under three years with uh, Harry's band, Cindy. And in 19, end of 1978, I left uh, Harry. And, uh, with his help, uh, I started my own band. And we've been going ever since. You know, it's a, it's a, tough, uh, it's a tough go in, in the big band business. You know, um, uh, things are not like they were back in the 40s and 50s. Well, no, to say the least. <laughs> we, I mean, we were talking with Eli from the Grouch and Eli, and they're performing on um, July 6th. Yeah. And um, we were just talking about, and they came together, you know, in more recent history, in, you know, the early 1990s, and we were talking about how much music has changed because of the Internet, too. I mean, it's, um, you know, you were doing live music at a time when the Internet didn't even exist. So, you did, I mean, people didn't even use desktops or laptops right. or iPads exactly. or cell phones. Yes. So the marketing of music became so different. Right. Um, you know, and, yeah, listen, I, I would imagine it's... You know, times have changed, and musicians had to kind of adapt right. to the changes. And you see it because even you might maybe you're not an internet guru. Maybe maybe you are. I don't know. You're a banker, <laughs> but you know you see, and I'm sure if you're not doing it yourself, that people demonstrate to you that everything is a link. Like exactly. it used to be, right. getting an article or getting a TV plug. Okay, now that's a part of it. But what markets music more? is like link fever and viral fever. And you're seeing these like little underlined links where you click into and then you see these gigantic stories and you're like, okay, so this is how people are hearing about us now. Exactly, exactly. Really, really, really wild and different. 
Well, I know that you have, um, I, yes, you are Brad Garrett, and it is Sunday, the 26th, you're right. Um, I, again, my days are all kind of blurring together, so Brad Garrett will be opening for you guys. And you also have somebody from Glee playing with you? Uh, yes, uh, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Bill A. Jones, who performs on Glee. He's a character called Rod uh, uh, Remington. And he'll be performing with us. Great singer and great guy. And uh, I know the audience will enjoy him very much. Well, I think that Glee has certainly, you know, has a young, sexy popularity to it. Yes. yes Do you think people does. will recognize him from the show? Is he, you know, if they watch Glee, will they know who he is? They probably, oh, yes, I'm sure if they watch Glee, yes. yes oh, okay, well, that's, that's very exciting, you know, that you have... Um, him as part of this ensemble, and then listen, you you play with a lot of nice headliners. I mean, you know, you've oh, had yeah, through the uh, years. To, what some of the more memorable, any anecdotal information that you want to share and entertain with? Well, uh, let's say uh, uh, we did um, we did the Kelsey Grandma wedding, um, of course, several several years ago, on his, with his uh, first wife, and uh, I'll never forget we were doing it on a. Um, a large ranch in Malibu somewhere, and uh, uh, putting the show together or the wedding together was a uh, Colin Cowan, who's probably the top party planner in in the United States. I Particularly mean, for weddings, yes. Yeah, he does all those weddings and very big, you know, million dollar, two million dollar weddings. Anyway, we <clears throat> and security was like uh, uh, you couldn't believe it, like it was the CIA to get in there. <laughs> anyway, we did that, and uh, I'll never forget, um, we played the first set, and of course I, I walked over to uh, Kelsey and his wife, and I you know, said hello and congratulated them. And, but when they gave me the, the date, the agency, uh, it's David Allen's wedding. And this is funny, I says, uh, Kelsey, so I had the paper in my, I says, Kelsey, you know, I may be at the wrong wedding. I'm supposed to be at the David Allen wedding. He says, oh, Pat, that's, uh, that's my name in my drinking days. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, it was actually a great evening, kind of... and uh, we did that. We did, now we did Rod Stewart's wedding, too. Um, well, that's amazing. I mean, you know, and you've, have you performed with Rod Stewart? No, I never performed actually with him. But uh, he did, well, you know, he did something with the band, which was, you know, the funny thing is they said they didn't want any um, uh, contemporary. They wanted the sounds of the, the you know, the, the, the big bands of the 40s and 50s, which was fine with us. That was no problem. But uh, this was when Rod Stewart married uh, that uh, model from, I guess, New Zealand. And we're going back a few years. Right, right. And we did also a uh, uh, name you probably remember, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. Well, no, well, th- yes, I, I do know Matchbox 20, and I know other, uh, other yeah, people who Yeah, he had a with hit them. with Santana, and we did his wedding, and uh, things of that nature. And, of course, uh, on and on, we've played Ve- uh, Vegas quite a bit. We did some concerts back east. And, of course, we did a tour with Frank Sinatra, Jr. Uh, after our uh, recording with him. It was a, a tribute to Billy May. Billy May was probably one of the greatest arrangers uh, uh, in the country. Uh, and so it was a tribute to him, and based on that album, we did a two-week tour back east, up and down the coast. So we've done a lot of things like this, but you know, the thing is, Cindy, in this business, unless you have a hit record, it's uh, you're always trying for the next job. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I uh, trust me, I, I, I understand that. But again, 
you're always you're looking for that next job for so many years. That's why we have to kind of bow to you. You've not. This is you've been perpetuating the well, legend. We're not going to give up. And as a matter of fact, for instance, uh, uh, when The Sopranos were, uh, was on, they used uh, uh, several of our recordings. They didn't go in the studio and record the tunes for the for the scenes in Sopranos. They uh, used all pre-recorded music, which they bought outright. They licensed, and uh, so they've used several of our things on that show, and um, on and on and on. And we did uh, Dorothy Chandler Pavilion uh, several times. And of course, Zubin Mehta was uh, uh, quite a gentleman. He came up to us. We played, as a matter of fact, what it was. Zubin Mehta was conducting the Los Angeles Philharmonic. Uh, New Year's Eve, and uh, they were all they were through with the concert at ten o'clock, and then we came on in the pavilion, and uh, we start playing. And twenty two, twenty three hundred people come on out of these several levels at the Darby Jailer Pavilion, and get on the dance floor. But uh, he loved the band so much and the music that uh, he said a very nice thing. He says, uh, and I use it in my uh, in my resumes and things. He says America's finest art form is uh, the big band. He says, which makes uh, uh, Pat Longwinder's orchestra most decidedly a national treasure, which I thought was very nice. And uh, he thought the blending of the two, the classical and what we were doing, were uh, quite a blend, you know, for the people. So it was great. Uh, we've done these types of things and uh, enjoyed them over the years. Listen, we're going to have to take a quick commercial break, Pat. Um, you know, and then you have another 10 minutes to talk more about these fun stories. And I can always fill in in case you have a blank space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but don't go away. Listeners, stand by for more with Pat Longo's from Pat Longo's Hollywood Big Band. And we're talking about his appearance on Sunday, this Sunday, with Open Borders, Summer Festival. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. 
We're back with Pat Longo, and I didn't give Pat a proper introduction before, so I'm going to do it now. We all we all get our press materials, and this is what Pat Longo's Hollywood Big Band press materials say. Pat Longo's Hollywood Big Band brings back this fabulous music from the years gone by, inspiring a new generation of dancers. Swing is back, and the rhythm is infectious. There is an international epidemic called swing fever spreading around the world. Accelerating this phenomenon are the various international versions of the American Dancing with the Stars TV shows, um, which has created an astronomical number of viewers. As ballroom dancing increases in popularity, the need for good swing music is catapulting. That's, that's written nicely, Pat. Yeah, yes, it is. That's uh, uh, my manager, Tom Smart. He's, uh, he's sharp with words. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. We were talking before with my hip-hopper, you know, Eli from the Grouch and Eli. And, um, you know, marketing people make performers look real good when they, you know, outside of the performance, right? I mean... You have to. Well, you, you know, Cindy, as you know, you have to have that hook to catch people's... Uh, eye, ear, and so forth. Even in music, if you don't have that hook, it doesn't happen. And uh, I think you have to have it in the print also, you know. It's marketing is, um, again, it's, it's, once it was a press release that was mailed out to papers right. and TV show producers and radio people. Now it's a press release that becomes a blog. Yes. <laughs> and that blog goes up. And, um, you know, the blog itself is marketed as if it's its own TV show in itself. Yes, yes, yes. And um, it's, you know, I, I, I'm so interested in talking to you about that because you are a person that grew up in an era before people grew up with laptops in their playpens. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very different. I mean, and I'm like you, too. I'm, I'm from Queens, New York, and oh, I was you here. And, um, you know, I didn't grow up with a laptop in my playpen either, and, but I had to adapt to it. I, you know, I'm in the PR and marketing and broadcasting business, Yes. and if I didn't adapt to it, I'd be extinct. Mm-hmm. That's right. PR people can't not understand the Internet anymore. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hey, even people who are looking for a job, can't not understand oh, the internet you because know. you have to know the computer, the internet, and all the intricate things that it's involved with. Uh, when did you leave uh, New York, Cindy? Well, you know, I, you didn't know this because we did have a short pre-interview, but I, you know, I really like talking about my guests rather oh, than talking talk about, about okay. myself. But, but you will be interested in the fact that you, Hefner, actually moved me to Los Angeles from New York City, and I was. Playboy Enterprises division president and chief marketing officer for 16 years. Where oh my I reported, God, that's wonderful! Where I reported to both of the Hefners. So I thought that the commonality was, and I would be extemporaneous about it, is that you and I are both from the East Coast, and we certainly know entertainment history because yes. in being with Playboy Enterprises and reporting to both of the Hefners for 16 years, um, I certainly had to learn. Um, you know, 30 years when I first joined the company of some very, very deep history and really know it and understand it and convey it to the public. Yes, yes. You know, and, you know, like you, I mean, there was a big history there. I mean, of course, yeah. That's, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, um, I, I was at the, uh, at the uh, mansion one time. Uh, that was the time I was with Harry James. 
and uh, you uh, Hefner was having a birthday, and he had the Harry James band uh, come in. And uh, marvelous, they treated us royally. <laughs> well, no, uh, well, Hefner was a, you know, is a very, very big fan of big bands. You know, Ray. Yes, he is. Ray Anthony was very big with it. Ray, Ray Anthony is a very, very, you know, very close friend, and always, always was at his parties and his movies. I have some pictures at my office of uh-huh. um, sitting with Ray and Half on his couch on movie night, and just Ray is just one of his boys, you know, right. one of his right. boys. So I thought that was kind of a nice connection that you and I both had, aside from the fact that we were both from the East Coast. But I have to tell you, Pat, I was never in banking. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> Never, but I do represent well, a lot of lawyers now, so that's getting, that's kind of getting close to the banking industry. Well, you know, it, it, it's like everyone says, if you love something, no matter, uh, you know, the money comes, and it comes, and it doesn't come. But i tell you something, the, the old story, uh, very briefly, Cindy, was the jazz player, great jazz player, who, who, who works around these clubs, and he wins the lottery, $5 million dollars. So a friend goes up to him and says, Now, uh, 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 Jerry, what are you going to do with all this money? He says, I'm going to keep playing jazz until it runs out. And that's about the name of the game. (laughs) You just keep playing until it runs out. Well, you say something very interesting, Pat, and that is if you're passionate about something, you know, sometimes the money comes, sometimes it doesn't. But I think, you know, patience and discipline and faith and hard work, you know, yeah. dedication. Yes, exactly. I think that you're pretty right that the gamble is is that money is going to come. It just not might not come right away. Exactly. Well, you know what I I, I feel right now at this stage, uh, uh, we're going to bring or keep class in American music. Class never dies, Cindy, as you know. And uh, we want to maintain that type of uh, 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 music. And we don't want to play the stuff from the 40s. As a matter of fact, anything we play from the 40s, I have rearranged by some of the top arrangers with today's feel. It doesn't mean it's naturally a rock, but it's got an up-to-date, exciting feel as opposed to the way it was recorded back in the 40s or 50s, you know. And uh, we've been doing that and doing it very successful. We recorded, um, I guess, about uh, let me see, 30, about 14 album, uh, CDs. Well, they were they were 33 and a third albums when I started. <laughs> yeah, no. It's a, well, again, it's a, it's not a CD even. It's a link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going back, and it's the not DVD. You can hold in your hand so anymore. It's so like on, an yes. iTunes link. Yes. Yes. But um. No, I, I think that there's, you know, when you work hard and you're passionate about something, you know, you can't really complain. You just got to keep on doing it. And the universe takes care of you. Yeah. You've been around long enough to see that. Yep, you're right. You know, it's um, you just got to keep on doing it. Well, again, we're very, very, very excited to have Pat Wongo's Hollywood Big Band at Open Borders this Sunday. I think that you start, you know, after Brad Garrett, yeah, uh, Brad goes on at 8 p.m., and um, uh, we follow him. He does, a, I guess, 45 minutes to an hour show, and then we come on, and we finish the evening. And I, not a, it's, um, Brad Garrett's not a bad act to follow, and um, I think that... Have you been to the venue yet, Pat? I know that Tom yes. has a lot, but have you seen it? Yes, I was out there uh, several days ago and saw it. And you know something now? Um, <laughs> uh, on my resume... Uh, Who's who's your opening act, Pat? Uh, oh, Brad Garrett's my opening act. <laughs> right, right. That's so funny. I don't know how that go over with Brad, but 
He's a great guy, I know, I know. I think it'll be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) I think that he'll have a sense of humor about it. It's so funny, you know, when you live in Agora Hills, where I live, um, you know, you you run into Brad a lot. because yes, he lives out there, I take it. He lives out here. So you see him, you you know, he goes to Starbucks. He eats at, you know, the Agora Deli or Brent's, like, right, you know, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's a really big guy, you know. So oh, I know, he's about six four or something. Well, I hope that if you have an opportunity to stop by Sunday, we'd love to see, see you and meet you. Well, I think I'm going to try to do that just to say hello at the right. very, very least. It's hard to get to, when you're running all 30 shows from a PR you can't, standpoint. You can't attend them all, I know. I you know, know but I'm going to try to come by just to say hello, and Tom Smart has been really fabulous to work with. I can't tell you how, you know, you probably know this, but he's really driving hard in trying to reach everybody possible that are in your fan base and in the neighborhood yes. to make it over, and um, we we can't wait to see you, Pat, and with that, we have to wrap up the show. Is there anything that you want to say in conclusion, give a website plug, whatever? Well, I do have a website. It's uh, simply uh, patlongobigband.com. And well, uh, as a matter go. of fact, we have a new uh, uh, a video on it that people enjoy. And there's a lot of pictures of some of the stars we've worked with and so forth. It's interesting. I'm sure people get a kick out of it. Once well, again, that's just... patlongobigband.com. Just go to the website, get a nice preview before you see Pat Longo live with his band. And, Pat, it was a pleasure spending two segments with you and actually getting to know you a little bit. And um, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, and I appreciate it so much, and I hope uh, we get a chance to meet uh, real soon. Oh, well, I think we will on Sunday, at least for a little while. All right. All right, you take care, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and everybody be safe out there this weekend. Take care. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Idol. I got synthetic